Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Tamika Peoples, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Tamika. Thank you, Queen, for being with us this morning. How are you doing early in the morning on the west side, if I, if you will? <laughs> Good morning, good morning, family. I'm always, I'm always blessed. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, thank you, Queen, for being with us. We have a couple of special guests for this morning's discussion question. Donna's year of return, should we move, visit, or not go? Tamika, if you will, very briefly, just before I introduce our guest, just mention also in a sense, why I reached out to you and, in a sense, just quickly dubbed you to be my co-host for this particular show. And it's just based on your business dealings. So I just want people to have that context as we move into this morning's discussion before before we introduce our guests. Again, just, you know, again, it's a little of what you're doing and, and again, why I wanted you on this show. Good morning. Yes, of course. Uh, well, Montoya, you know, it's always my pleasure to be on the show. And in particular, this show, you know, you called and reached out to me about, about being on this show and it's about this connection with uh, not with just Ghana, but with the continent of Africa. And that's really important to me. I do have a lot of business dealings there. And outside of that, I just believe that we are one people and um, we should think about how we connect in multiple ways. So it was my honor to kind of be on and talk about how I'm doing that. Uh, absolutely. So again, I'm definitely one of the people that have that backdrop, if you will. So let's go ahead and get our esteemed guests. Both are actually returning guests to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm actually going to start. Let me throw this out there real quick uh, for, um, uh, to make it real quick. I can we can hear what you're doing in the background. Just throwing it out there, Queen, so we can uh, you know kind of quell that for the for the continuance of the show. Can you hear me, Queen? I'm just reaching back out to you. I can hear you. 
Yes, that's, that will be mm-hmm. corrected. Sorry about that. I know it's a little problem. You could, you know, kind of mute to in and out if you need to do that. All right. With that said, um, again, two returning guests. I'm actually going to start with my man, Chief X, who's also out getting up early in the morning on the west side with you, if you will, Queen. Um, Barry, Chief, I'm sorry, Chief X, if you will, King. Um, again, say hello to the Truth Seekers. Glad to have you back. And if you will, um, you just returned from the continent, if you will, but you can mention that a little bit as, again, why I dubbed you to come on this show as well. But thank you for being with us, King. Say hello to the Truth Seekers that are out there listening, and, and the floor is yours. Go ahead, King. Thanks again. Yes, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm coming through loud and clear. Okay. Um, yeah, my name is Chief X, and I'm glad to be on. Uh, and um, I did make my... Um, 50th birthday trip it was to Ghana Africa and um it was very enlightening and I enjoyed myself um I was there on a on a 10 day tour and um you know um kind of miss it <laughs> already I can dig it I can dig it that's all right king that is all right and last but not least this brother who always come through in the clutch Frank Asante, thanks a lot, King. Uh, say hello to the Truth Seekers once again. Uh, I, I actually, funny, I tried to get you and Chief X connected because y'all were actually there and gone at the same time. Uh, but you were excited about getting on this show, and I, I and, and literally, to be honest, partly what prompted the show was in me trying to get y'all connected via Facebook. You said, I want to talk to this brother about your trip. So I said, hey, let's do it live on the air. So the Truth Seekers, to let y'all know, this brother is part of the reason while y'all have an opportunity to dig into this morning's discussion, before I even let King, Chief, uh, I'm sorry, Frank Asante say what he has to say, I want to give this fair warning for anybody, especially if you're a first-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We do, we we are a facts-only, truth-seeking group, so we're going to talk about the good and the bad. We're just putting it out there, and, and the thing with Frank, who's originally from Ghana, and of course he'll share some of his own background. But one thing about this brother, he's absolutely a truth seeker. He's a part of our Mental Dialogue Community Club here in Atlanta. He was just there last night, so I wanted to give you, in a sense, a long backdrop for supporting you. Get, come back from the continent, and here you are right back at the community club last night. So I want to say personally thank you for being such a supporter, and thank you for what y'all did for me last night uh, as a group. And y'all definitely shocked me with that, if you will. But if you will, King, introduce yourself, and, and of course, give your background as it in context of this morning's discussion question. All right. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, coming through clear. Okay, great, 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 great. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. And uh good morning to all the uh the listeners. I'm I'm live on Facebook right now, so if anybody is uh listening, I'll be posting my um uh, you can if you're on Facebook you can follow me on Facebook live to be able to uh, you know follow the discussion. I'm really excited to be here this morning. Uh, my name is Frank, and uh, I'm a Ghanaian. And um, I just couldn't wait for this opportunity to share uh, my experience as someone who was born in Ghana with my fellow African Americans who um, were most of them, for the most part, were visiting for the first time. So, different perspectives. Uh, let's get uh, going. I'm excited. Hey, let's do it. Now, let's do it. 
So I'm going to ask each of you real quick. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to our first break, and when we come back from the break, we'll get hot and heavy with the, this morning's discussion question. Gunners, you have returned. Should we move, visit, or not go? We want to explore all of those in a sense. So, again, Tamika, I know you were glad that I dubbed you for the, pulled you in for this morning's show as my co-host, and we'll start with you, Queen. Just quick thought. Uh, when I told you the title, do you recall your first thought? My first thought was visit. My first thought was visit. If cool. uh, any of us are here uh, on the North Americas, uh, please get home to the continent and visit. Um, so that was my first thought. No, absolutely. Uh, Chief X, if you will, if you could kind of put that question particularly in context and think about it. I don't know if, if I even shared you with you. I just told you I wanted you to come on the show, so I don't even know if you even had a chance to look at it that way. But when you hear it turned that way, Ghana's year of return, should we move, visit, or not go? What is your first initial thought, just particularly to that question? My initial thought was um, similar to hers. Um, visit comes to mind in that uh, I think everyone at least needs to, at least needs to go and uh, visit one time um, the homeland, you know, where they come from. So I just think that's important. So that's what came to mind. Fair enough, Frank. Um, again, I know you absolutely excited to do this show. Um, you, you know, outside of your excitement of saying, "Hey, I want to do the show," can you can you think of your first thought to that particular question? And we're going to go to a break again. Just a quick thought on that question, as is worded, if you will. Well, somebody, if I, uh, for somebody like myself who has always been an advocate for how uh, we can uh, bridge the gap between Africans and African Americans, which obviously we all can attest to the fact that uh, there is some type of a disconnect, um, I, th- I, I think this was a very good um, opportunity for um, you know black people as a whole to meet at one place. And uh, it was just amazing how, you know, we all just went out there to have a good time. So, yes, first step, of course, is to visit. Yeah, but um, we'll get into the other stuff. Maybe we might have uh, listeners that are considering moving and those that don't want to go at all. So uh, with as we uh, conversation progresses, uh, we're going to delve into that. But obviously Absolutely. the first step is to visit and check it out. All right, sounds good. Let's go to a quick break, and we will get into this discussion with, again, my co-host, Tamika Peoples, our special guest, Chief X, as well as Frank Asante, and we will open up the phone lines later in the show. You're listening to the Myth Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back with all I ask that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I go. 
there's no such thing as, as a black woman in Ghana. I'm a woman in Ghana. Living in the U.S., all of the seats are taken, all the big brands are there. And here, you have an opportunity to create a seat at the table. It's significant to, to know where you belong and where you came from. Angela Matthews and Cindy Myers, this morning marks the start of a trip they never thought they would make. I think of uh, our grandparents who wish they could have gone back, but we're doing it for them. The sisters are getting ready to travel to Ghana in West Africa for the first time. This group could have visited this country any time, but they chose this year. Ghana is encouraging more descendants of the slave trade to retrace their roots. They've called 2019 the year of return. It's 400 years after the first enslaved Africans arrived in what is now the U.S. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Tamika Peoples. Ghana's year of return, should we move, visit, or not go, as we hear a cut that speaks to the year of 2019. Obviously, we're in the new year, uh, but 2019 was the exact year of return, if you will. Again, something, in a sense, encouraged by the government of Ghana, if you will. And... Here we have it. We have someone who's just recently made that trip, uh, my man Chief X, uh, with along with Frank Asante, who's a, a Ghanaian himself. And so, you know, half his time there, half his time here in the States, wanting to bridge that gap. And so, again, just wanted to give that context. Um, me, quickly, quickly, let me give you my thoughts on should we move, visit, or not go in answering that question myself. And... I literally, and this may sound like I'm kind of going all over the place, but literally I think to a certain extent it could be all three based on where you're at in life. I will say I, I have this concept, which I'll share more about later, that years down the line I would like for it to possibly be something that is normal within our own legacies and within our own communities where it, in a sense, is normalized, uh, not just to visit, but possibly in the future be willing to, in a sense, move there. But I will definitely say, and I know we're going to get into this discussion, there's probably possibly a lot that has to, in a sense, be put in place. And again, as this conversation progresses, we'll get into that. But Chief X, I'm going to start with you again, coming off that recent visit, you say people should visit. So if you will, just kind of speak to, as you say, before the break, hey, you're missing it already. You're back in the States. So if you will, just speak to the highlights of your visit. I, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing just what the highlights would be uh, for you, if you will. And I'm pretty sure um, Tamika would like to hear it and Frank would like to hear that as well. So we'll start with you, Chief X. Just tell us what you enjoy and you can, you know, get into what you maybe didn't enjoy, but just kind of open us up with your visit. How was it? Okay, Chief X again. Um, 
I had planned to um, go to Ghana on my fit. Can you hear me? Yeah, somebody, um, Frank, Frank, I think if that's you, I think if you play it in the oh, background, yeah, we can yeah, hear yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right. No problem. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, yeah, go ahead, Chief Ass. We can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I had planned. I didn't particularly go because it was a year of return. Um, I had planned to do something big for my 50th birthday. Um, and because I hadn't, hadn't had a party since I was a kid my birthday land on December 27th. So I said, I'm going to do something big and go to Ghana. And I did, and I, um, I don't regret it. Um, it was a great um, learning experience. It, it humbled me. Um, it made me really realize I had a, I have a, a different worldview now, um, so the trip was necessary. I, I realized how spoiled we are black Americans are. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, it really it really makes me see things differently. Um, so it was a very overall enlightening trip. Um, it matured me mentally, um, intellectually, and um, the people were great and kind, you know. Like, I, I live in Los Angeles, so Sometimes when you walk around Los Angeles, you'll get mad dogged and um, looked at mean by the brothers. I didn't experience that when I was over in Ghana. Um, the people seemed to be very peaceful and kind. Um, it was a lot of poverty, um, but the scenery was so beautiful. Um, so <laughs> I, always, I always tell people I like being in rainforest. So when I went to the rainforest and the canopy walk. That was one of the highlights of my trip. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was so much forest around um, the country of Ghana and so much open land. Um, so there is a lot of opportunities. And I would visit again. I don't know if me personally, I, I don't think I would live there, but I would um, visit and do business. I made a contact because um, I sell Moringa, so I have a Moringa contact in Ghana now. So nice. well, I'll be doing a lot of shipping and business in Ghana. Um, but I'm just a spoiled uh, um, brother from Los Angeles, California. So, <laughs> um, but I love Ghana, and um, you know, I took my DNA earlier this year, and I'm actually 25% Ghanaian according to it. Um, I just felt the connection, and that it was very important for me to visit and get to meet um, people of my heritage and ancestry and learn, you know. Just uh, absolutely. Frank, I'm, I'm Frank and y'all can both do this, but Frank, I'll, if you will, um, what's your question for Chief X? You know, you wanted to have this conversation, so I'll let you just kind of have that open question uh, to the brother here live on the air because uh, obviously uh, you, you have a different perspective than all of us, if you will. Well, I... Uh... I really don't have any specific questions. I just wanted to hear his uh, ex- uh, what his experience was, but I think I'm talking to the right person because he seems to um, highlight some very important points that uh, most of the visitors really didn't get the chance to experience, which is going into the rainforest, going into the rural areas, um, seeing uh, what uh, gun 
Ghana uh, has to offer, not just, um, you know, coming to the capital city, Accra, staying in a five-star hotel, uh, going clubbing, you know, having all the fun, which is good, and come back and say, well, Ghana is the best place. So, um, I, I mean, like I said, as the conversation progresses, we're going to touch on, you know, everything that the country has to offer mm-hmm. and also, um, you know, what needs to be done from, um, you know, just black people in general, those that visited and uh, what can be done to improve the uh, the situations over there. Nah, beautiful. Uh, Tamika, you know, point of confession for both of us, neither one of us have been fortunate as much as we want to get to the continent. Uh, neither one of us has had that opportunity, but, again, you are someone who does business, uh, uh, in a sense, across the ocean. And, again, why have this conversation if we're not going to, in a sense, talk about is there an opportunity to bridge the gap? Should we bridge the gap? And, and obviously, you're already doing that. So I don't know if one might have a question for Chief X or just maybe want to speak to what both those brothers had to say. But, again, give us that, in a sense, that perspective. And I think it's very unique uh, for you in a sense, Chief X to have that story because how many people take that trip and come back and also include, I plan to do business uh, with the with the continent. As Frank said, plenty of people do the tourism <clears throat> thing, come back and think it's great. Again, he got amongst the people, made relationships and plans to do business. Uh, you know, hey, Chief X, she might be a resource just from the standpoint of already mm-hmm. doing, in a sense, you know, making some relationships. I don't know if yours is particularly with Ghana, if you will, but again, you've already been doing that. So you can kind of speak to maybe how you, in a sense, create those relationships in addition to any questions you may have to Chief X. Go ahead, Queen. Wow, wow. Chief X, thank you for sharing your experience, and, brother, thank you for uh, being on, talking about what we need to do. Um, again, I, I have not been uh, to Africa uh, as of yet, but all of my relations today, at least on what I'm trying to do in the continent, has been in, in Kenya and, and Kampala, Uganda, and uh, Benin. So I, I, I'm doing it because I know that we're a connected people, and most of our heritage just has been lost. Um, most of our connection to our homeland has been lost. And, you know, in my first interactions with the continent, I, I treated it as if I was you know, we were one people, uh, although we, you know, there are differences, obviously, in coming from the American culture and background. So um, the work that I'm doing is really focused on African cotton farmers in the region. Uh, we, are, we are working with uh, agencies like Recollect and Burkina Faso to, um, to, to really enrich their lives because uh, the, the cotton seed or cotton in Africa is very rich and very much used, but it's a 90% exported. Uh, so the work that I'm doing is really focused on uh, how how do we uh, how do we how do we fix that? And there are not a lot of fair trade practices where people are getting paid fair wages for the cotton that they're producing. So, in my initiative, which is about uh, fair trade uh, cotton used from Africa and African American farmers, in order to produce the products that we use, i.e., a T-shirt, that's just one. Uh, how how do we create those relationships? So I. I came in with a very humble, humbled approach. I came in with an approach to, to be uh, enriching to my homeland, and I have had nothing but uh, open arms, uh, and it's been just an amazing experience. Uh, we're actually going back again to West Africa at the end of this month. I have a team that's going in order to further what we're doing there in the region. Um, so I will tell you, 
when we sit at these tables and have these discussions, um, they're not used to seeing um, black business decision makers uh, at the table. Most of the counterparts are French, German, uh, from the UK, uh, British, of course, who are coming into the homeland and, and talking about the riches and figuring out how they're going to use those resources, and not many of those people are enriched by that relationship. So um, our company, our team is looking to do something different, and we're working directly with the farmers' unions, directly with the people who are producing, and it's it's been amazing. So um, my concept of the year of return is, um, you know, connect always and then to understand we are one people. And um, that connection can be in many facets, Going physically going back, which we do, I do have a plan to physically go there, but to also understand that um, the relationships can extend even through our businesses. We have to have a more global mindset. Uh, and um, I'm just humbled by hearing these experiences and knowing that we're going down the right path. Now, I love it. And and clearly your humble approach is what I think is the biggest reason, in my opinion, and I have some, you know, some, some other stories to share, but your humble approach is, in a sense, probably the main reason, in a sense, you're having so much success. As you say, your the relationship has been building and growing, and, you know, we've had you on other shows where you broke down, in a sense, how long it took to create that relationship. So we won't necessarily have to do that on this show. But at the same time, your humble approach has been the difference because, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, I have this idea where down down the line, lineage-wise, generational-wise, I would love for it to be normalized. But in most cases, part of it becoming normalized, and, Frank, I'll have you speak to this first, and it becoming normalized has, is, is to a certain extent as much as we may talk business here in the continental U.S., if you will, as much as we talk about business and getting more African Americans in business just here in the States, uh, part of the issue that I've at least heard about, and Frank, I'm pretty sure you can speak to this, is uh, even for African Americans who look to do business with the continent, and we'll obviously speak specifically Ghana here, but people that are looking to do it, what happens is, unfortunately, quite often, in a sense, the business practices that we that we practice here in the states are not always beneficial because of, unlike Tamika, the, 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 she, they, we don't take that humble approach, and so to a certain extent, we may go there looking for opportunity, but maybe some somewhat unknowingly, but in some cases knowingly, we even though we look like them, we can go there exploitative in, in a sense, typical American fashion, if you will. Any thoughts on that, Frank, and then we'll come to you, Chief X, uh, uh, from that perspective. Again, these are just things I've heard because I, I, I haven't done that business, although I encourage it. Go ahead, Frank. Well, the uh, anticipation, the, the enthusiasm, and, uh, you know, the excitement to go is one thing. And uh, those that are there to look for business opportunities also is another thing. But one thing that I can say is that um, definitely the cultures are different. And the expectations sometimes can be a bit disappointing because things are still not done the way it's been done, you know, here in the United States to a certain extent. You know, the way we do business, uh, everything about the culture is different. So sometimes the expectation might be a little bit higher as far as, you know, getting things done and done on time and how things move in the United States. You might not get it like that over there. Uh, we have issues 
but like the brother said earlier, um, it's it's still fairly new as far as um, development is concerned, and there's a lot of great opportunities for African Americans that are visiting to be able to tap into that. How do we do that? Connecting with the Africans. Uh, we've done a, quite a good job, you know, Montoya, you're one of them with, um, you know, community outreach and also with myself, you know, talking about how we can bridge the gap between the African and African-Americans. So um, whether people want to go visit, live there or not, what I see here is uh, what happened this December is a victory. It's a victory for all of us that for the first time, you know, in about a quarter of a century, I'm seeing black people willing, you know, and desiring to go to Africa. It's not, it's not cool to go to Africa. You know, I was telling that sister yesterday that just 15 years ago, even uh, wearing a dashiki was not the coolest thing in America. So mm-hmm. when you see some of the things that are being embraced right now, you know, we Ghana Embassy in the in Washington issued over seven hundred and fifty thousand visas um, to uh, you know people here in the United States that want to go to Ghana. I don't know how many of them made it, but I mean the numbers looked like we were actually um, we were um, receiving over ten thousand visitors in Ghana every week. You know, which is quite impressive. So. Um, uh, it, it, it's important to understand. It's important to understand somebody just for understanding our culture, you know, when it comes to doing business. But the first step is seeing the desire to give and go there. I think is a victory for all of us. Absolutely respect that, um, Chief. Like, unfortunately, we are up against the break. As typical with the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, our breaks typically take us in different directions, and so I'm actually about to pay. A piece from Tone Talks. Again, we are. If you first time listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, I will tell you uh, the way we do this show. Uh, I tell people all the time, you might only like what you hear half the time because we're going to explore things from all directions. And so this piece, this yes, cut from Tone Talks, will take us in a completely different direction, uh, in a sense, because he had, in a sense, some disparaging things to say about the concept of the year of return and how it was, in a sense, used as motivation to return. And so just all of you keep that in mind and let's have an honest dialogue about what this brother had to say uh, from his perspective about a few things that have happened recently on some visits from some celebrities, if you will. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Looking at uh, packing these backed up return home trips, nothing frames the confusion more than the post that I saw from Ebro today, Ebro being the radio host here in New York, um, essentially, Ebro puts up a post, and what he announces is, is this news release about a hundred, both African American and Afro Caribbeans, getting citizenship. Now we don't know how many of those people are ADOS, because while an ADO, while an African American, the way that people have been defining it, can be a Caribbean or an Afro-Caribbean. An Afro-Caribbean can just be an Afro-Caribbean. So if you're from Trinidad and you're second generation, you're included in that African-American number. But if we go, see, that's the confusion of it all. But nonetheless, let's just get to the details. So a hundred people got citizenship, and somehow that's newsworthy. The problem is that it isn't. 
Why, Tom? So when we look at Ghana, Ghana is 30 million people. It's a country of 30 million. To give that context, I said this in the prior video, 330 million people reside in the U.S. So what does that mean, Tom? Well, I'll give you a metric to have you understand things so you don't get conned. What you fundamentally see is that this, this, this tourism office wasn't overrun. They didn't build the infrastructure to actually deal with real tourism. How do you know that, Tom? Well, you know that by the fact that they said they only granted 126 citizenships and only 46 of them were American. Well, America has 330 million people. And when you go to the, uh, when you go to the U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services, it says the United States has, long, has a long history of welcoming immigrants from all parts of the world. During the last decade, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services welcomed more than 7.2 million naturalized citizens into the fabric of our nation. In fiscal year 2018, over 756,000 people were naturalized. So a country that has 30 million people basically naturalized or made 46 American citizens, white, black, and the other, while America, being 330 million people, naturalized 700,000 people. That tells you several things. One thing it tells you absolutely is that they don't intend to make people citizens. That is not some people moving to Ghana and becoming citizens. That is nearly nobody goes to Ghana and becomes a citizen. 30 million people and you only naturalize 46, you don't want to make people citizens. So why would they move from a first world country in America to a developing country in Ghana and the realities of what we know about Ghana from uh, malaria to the, what happened in, in the article covered by The Root where the woman moved down there and was killed? Why would an ADOS person run from a country that they were sold into to a country they were sold from? And they have a Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> hold on, Frank. Hold on, Frank. Hold on. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question. Ghana's year of return. Should we move, visit, or not go again? A cut from Tone Talks. Chief X, you are next up, so I'll let you be the first to respond to some of uh, what Tone Antonio Moore speaks about when he says ADOS, for those who may have not heard the term American Descendants of Slaves, is what he means when he says ADOS. But if you will, Chief X, your first thoughts and perspective on what Tone has to say. Go ahead, King. <laughs> so, <laughs> Chief X again. Um, first, let me say um, uh, um, previously, uh, Frank had mentioned about. Um, not just being at four star hotels and you know around Accra, and um, so my trip was, you know, I was in Accra and we were more inland um, in a city called Kumasi, um, so I was amongst the common folk, so um, that was a, it was a good experience. I wasn't just around the uppity folk at at a fancy mm-hmm. hotel, just doing the normal things. I walked through the cities and was amongst the common folk. And even the hotels we were at, we were amongst common folk, you know. So I think I had a kind of a different experience, a real, a more realistic experience, um, which I learned a lot for. Now, back to Tone Talks. Um, Tone, I, I heard, I listened to that episode um, on his YouTube page. And, um, it, 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 um, some, some people will think it's negative, but the thing is, um, you, you, he enlightens you, 
he enlightened me to a few things. I didn't know that um, people getting citizenship was so low. Because um, when I went to Ghana, I, I met a couple um, um, black Americans who had moved there. One lady was there for six years. Another guy was there for 13 years. And both of them are just um, getting their citizenship. So Tone brought up some important uh, um, um, topics. And I didn't know that it was such a low number um, of people getting citizenship. And people had been there for 20 and 13 years and wasn't citizen yet. So I'm learning about the politics of um, the government and, um, you know, things of that nature that he Tone was speaking about. And um, that needs to be sped up. It needs to be some kind of changes. Um it does make it seem like, you know, do they really want us citizens there? Or do they just make a lot of money off us, um, you know? It, it's, I don't have the answers to that, but um, it just made me think. Um, maybe Frank no, knows a little more about it. No, absolutely. We're going to go to Frank right now. Those are very fair questions, and that's what we do. Again, we, as I always say, we ask the right questions, hoping to get to the answers. I, I personally don't have the answers. Why I bring on is I always say people who are a little smarter than myself on each of these subject matters. So, Frank, in hearing what Tone had to say, um, Chief just Chief X just asked a couple of great questions, so I'll kind of let you jump in on your thoughts on, 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 on all of it, if you will. Well, uh, that was a very interesting observation, a very, very interesting observation. Um, uh, when it comes to citizenship, the question, I really don't know much about the processes. I, I'm very honest with you. But um, the question is, do most African-Americans or black people in the diaspora move to Ghana specifically to become citizens? Um, I don't think that is the case. And also, uh, when you when you look, I mean, when you flip it around, we um, Africans in general in the diaspora, let's say American, for instance, um, the processes that we have to go through to become citizens over here, you know, and also other nationals, which we all know sometimes can be very, very difficult. I don't think that is the case, but clearly I do understand, you know, uh, the the politics aspect of it. But I really can't talk much about the processes because, I don't know, but one thing I can say is that I don't think Ghana is a place that would want to deny anybody of becoming a citizen, especially black people in the diaspora with with regards to the year of return, um, you know, being initiated, which we all uh, can attest to the fact that it was a success. So the citizenship processes, I can't really talk about it much, but um, mm-hmm. I know it's possible. And another question is: Do uh, African Americans move over there specifically to become citizens? That's my question. Yeah, let know. me say this. I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, let me. Yeah, let me kind of j- jump <laughs> in and say this, and I'm gonna go to Tamika, and we got Brother Piaki on the line as well. So what I will share with you, Frank, and maybe you wasn't privy to this, but to a certain extent, um, at least uh, from, from what I could gather, because I was uh, I paid attention to to a certain extent, to this campaign back in 2018. If you recall, the community club, we were looking to try to make a trip. We wasn't necessarily going to go to Ghana, um, but we were de- definitely looking to make a trip, and it didn't pan out, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, but I have, I definitely paid attention to the year of return because uh, one of the sisters we were planning on going to Senegal with, she had mentioned, you know, clearly that it was the year of 
um, return. And um, as a matter of fact, the Travel Africa movement. So they definitely, they actually went during the, that when they actually had the celebration in, in mid-year last year. Uh, but with all that said, one thing that was part of the marketing push was the idea of supposedly how ease citizenship could be, how easy it how easy it might be to lease land so they, you know, have Chief X just in his personal you know, obviously this is anecdotal, but in his own personal trip to meet a couple of uh African Americans who have taken a long time, who lived there to in a sense become citizens. And it it definitely was promoted as if there was an ease of process, at least from what I could tell in the marketing, I'll say that. Uh Tamika, I'll definitely jump to you and then we're gonna go to Brother Pianchi who's on the line. Oh, actually, well, if you actually jumped off, you almost had to go. Go ahead, Tamika. Okay. You know, when I listen to that clip, I think, you know, processes. Uh, for every country, even ours, it does take a long time to become a citizen. And to, to Brother's point, what, what is your end goal as an African American when you go to Ghana? Does it make sense to become a dual citizenship? And just how long will it take you to do that? I'm not ever surprised about how long those processes, those bureaucratic processes can be. But in, in my thought, when I think about the year of return and why we have to have the diaspora behind this, is when you think about countries like, uh, uh, excuse me, nation states like China, right, they realized that they were losing all of their talent to places like the U.S. who were courting with these tech companies. And they said, you know, we have to figure out how to make it sexy again for our talent to want to come home and stay home. Yes, you can go get trained abroad, but how do you come back home and bring those talents to enrich China, right? So for me, the year of return and the marketing behind it, got it. You've got to use marketing concepts to get people to go to get people to think about going, to get people to think about doing business, going and coming mm -hmm. back to do more business. It's a marketing mm -hmm. tool, okay? But always start with your end in mind. If it makes better sense for you as an African-American to go to another country and be dual citizenized, do it and go through the processes it takes to do it. So I don't get caught up in how long it takes and what the numbers is. I understand it, and I decide what it is, what's my best path to get there and then I execute. But that, I'm, I come from a different mindset, right? So um, I, I appreciate his perspective, and, yes, it might take long. And I, I, what I would say is let's not take the stance of don't go <laughs> because the, the <laughs> richest continent on earth needs us. They need our talent. And, they need our ability. And let me say this things. real quick. No, absolutely. And what I'll say to that just very briefly is kind of piggybacking on what you just said was just the aspect of how I've always looked at it as, again, someone who's never stepped on the country with a strong desire and will before my, you know, will in, in, in the years to come, will in a sense check off that bucket list. What I, what I always say in the idea of even thinking about bridging that gap is I'm watching the rest of the world. You speak to China, but not just China. I watch the rest of the world rush there. And I think of when I think of the, in a sense the African American collective. When I think of us in particular, uh, as Frank said, we're definitely moving mindset-wise in the sense that a lot of us are now wanting to go. As he said, uh, you know, 20, 20 years ago when he first got here, he didn't hear people with the interest to even go. And so, in a sense, that excites him from his perspective. And again, there are more people like myself who are wanting to go now. But I, I look at it in the sense of. You know, and as he said, if I just go and do the tourism thing or whatever, while the rest of the world is actually looking to do business there. So I'm like, well, what's mm -hmm. there 
And if we're not thinking to go there and do the same thing, and I've always said mm-hmm. this long-term wise, it's, it's, I think it, to a certain extent it's silly for us as African-Americans to, Americans to only compete for old money here in the United States, especially as the world is becoming global. So if we're going to expand, expand globally or have to anyway, why not do it with the homeland? So those are just a few of my thoughts, again, from someone who in a sense has never been, you know, in a sense to the planet, to the, to the continent. I'm sorry. Um, Brother Bianchi, I'll see you back on. Yeah, go ahead. Please jump in, Queen. No, you're good. You know, it's a campaign, right? So we got to get the marketing tools behind that. But do understand this, family. It might be a 2018 start campaign for the diaspora, but there is no campaign nor argument about the richness of that continent. Countries have been there for centuries. We're just talking about going. They've been there. They call it Black China. They have yeah. One World Africa. They have whole camp. They have whole strategic plans about who's going to do what in Africa. And we just are, we sitting on the phone arguing about oh, should we go or not? No, bro. <laughs> the real the real plan should be to who if anybody should have interest and going and controlling and being at the table, when we talk about our homeland, it should be those of the diaspora. And we cannot be mad nor upset when we don't do it and the world looks different in 20 years and somebody else has. We have no one else to blame I, but ourselves. Strong queen. Um, we actually up against the break, brother Pianchi. Well, we are we up against the break, get, Frank. Frank, you got to Frank. Frank, when yeah, I say sure, the break, sure. you got to come back. You got to go back. Yep. We are sure, up against sure. the break. We'll be right back. We'll get. I'm gonna get to some callers that are on the hold too, and we'll get to y'all thoughts as well. We're gonna make this work, y'all. For the other callers out there, if it's your first time calling, you do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, I Really Want You, by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. and her sister, the trip to the castle and its dungeons 
holds a special meaning. They recently took a DNA test and discovered that they are of Ghanaian heritage, meaning their ancestors may have been held in these cells. I am so grateful to be here and to be here with my ancestors. It gives me a great joy and I feel like I'm home. Thank you and gratitude to every ancestor of my bloodline. Thank you for being strong enough to make it. I'm sorry you had to go through it. This place is very saddening to see how they were treated so inhumane. I mean, who would do that? Why? Money? It's just very saddening. Enslaved Africans were pushed through the door of no return and onto waiting ships. For many, it would be the last time they would see the continent. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Tamika Peoples, special guest Frank Asante, and Chief X for this morning's discussion question, Ghana's year of return, should we move, visit, or not go? Uh, Chief X and Frank, I'll let you get your thoughts out before we go to the callers. So Chief X, if you will, I think I heard you kind of jumping in after Tamika gave her, gave her in a sense, powerful rendition of, uh, you know, are we even even wasting time having this discussion question in particular based on, you know, how she sees the future, and I tend to agree with her. I will say that from that standpoint. But go ahead, Chief X, any thoughts on what she had to say or, or anything you just heard? Um. Yeah, you know, I you know, so I I do agree that uh, uh, regardless of any fault, um, you know, we need to visit. Um, I don't have an issue with um, some people moving there. I think that's a good thing. Uh, as is kind of, but what what in regards to what Tone said, what raised the red flag to me, and again, I don't want to discourage anyone from going. Please go and do business. What 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 raised the red flag was um just was wondering why that the citizenship that these people are granted, I think maybe hundred and thirty nine people got citizenship, um, that coincided with the year return. And um the two individuals that I met that was there for six years and one guy there for thirteen years. I'm just was this was was just a, a red flag that made me think was what was wrong with them getting citizenship two years ago? Why all of a sudden during the year return? Why couldn't these people get citizenship three years ago, four years ago? You know, so it's just so I I don't understand the politics and what took so long and if they really want us to be citizens, why so a small amount? But you know, those things just raise questions I don't have answers for. But I don't want to discuss. Yeah, let me, let me throw this out. I'll go to Frank. Let me throw this out. And I, and, I, and the reason I want, and it's because I think, in a sense, Tamika touched on it, and I just kind of want to add this to to you, in a sense, asking that question. As Frank said, that's not something that he knows the particulars to uh, as far as what he knows. Uh, but I think Tamika just kind of alluded to it from the standpoint of almost she's saying that even if it was used as part of marketing, and, and their end goal is to drive relationships and business, even if whether it be, to a certain extent, business to their own 
um, their own economy, if you will. So in a sense, marketing those things with another end goal, so business for their own economy, she's kind of saying, is that really a bad thing if they need an influx of money? And there may be some reality to being able to do business with people like yourself, Chief X, like herself. So so if, if, if in a sense, coming up with a marketing tool to drive people to come to add to tourism and also bridge gaps as far as doing business outside of their own country, that may be the bigger end goal despite how the marketing is done. And we see companies do that all the time. So I think, in a sense, that's how I heard Tamika just kind of alluding to it. Even if that is the case, ultimately the end goal, which is kind of where you're landing as well, you're not wanting to discourage it, but maybe that ain't the goal even though it was put into marketing. That's kind of how I, in a sense, hear Tamika mentioning when you start talking about what marketing is. Uh, for it, you know, even for for an entire country, if you will, Frank, you definitely have some things to say. Then we're going to go to the callers after you. Go ahead, King. Yes, um, the issue of citizenship, as far as I'm concerned, um, like I asked earlier, did these African Americans move to Ghana specifically to become citizens? Me, as part of you know being able to live over there, I've never heard of you know ch- challenges with becoming a Ghanaian citizen. This is something new to me that I'm going to take it up on myself to uh, uh, research, you know, do some a little bit of investigation as to um, why, what is it about. I've never really heard about it because. Um, yeah, let me let me throw this out real quick, Frank, um, just to help you out because sure. I know part of your concern, you 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 are you try to be an ambassador in a sense for your country. So one place of the. I will say, we're going to hear another cut from Tony. He may mention it in that cut if I play it, but I'll say this to kind of help you out as far as looking into it. So, in a sense, if it's in a sense part of the campaigning, in a sense, as you say, you haven't heard it, well, one of the ways of making it look realistic for those who have that concern or who may be interested for whatever their reasons may be, right? So just keep in mind that to make that process uh, easier, is definitely proof that you mean to do it. And we have these situations even here in the United States where we have favored visas and things of that nature to certain citizens around the world where we have those relationships. So so to a certain extent, again, I know you haven't heard about it, but I will say if that's something that is being encouraged even in marketing, you might want to live it out because now you're going to get the scrutiny from people who are going to look into it and be like, well, dang, if it's only 46 citizens, then it's, it's, it, in a sense it's just a marketing tool. So it can create some level of skepticism. So just kind of be very aware that if it's going to be marketed that way, you definitely might want to help in a sense because I know you have the access and relationships to do so. You might want to at least figure that out because it can, it can look bad when people see only 46 citizenships. And then answering your question for us, do – or you know, are African Americans is their their focus? I, and to a certain extent, we end up talking about it just because it's marketed to us. So and I can't say that for a fact that everybody's thinking of moving there, but it does get talked about because it's in the market. I really appreciate that. I, I really, I really, really appreciate this point. Like I said, this concern is 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 very new to me, and uh, I'm I'm gonna take it out for myself to you know dig a, a little bit more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, those that have lived in Ghana for 13 years, six years, a year of return was declared in 2018, I believe. Yeah, 2000, a year mm-hmm. prior to 2019. Uh, if you've lived in Ghana for six years or for 13 years, um, 
I don't know why you haven't be able to become a citizen. And uh, as part of, as, I mean, as part of the uh, the marketing concept for the year of return, uh, yes, it was mentioned, but I really don't have detailed information as to how the whole processes work. I'm going to look into that, but I don't think that should be a deterrence. I don't think that should be uh, really mm-hmm. a part of this conversation that would discourage anybody from going to Ghana or living in Ghana. It's not an issue. We can get we, 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 we can get that fixed. That is not a problem. Now, sounds good. Let's go to a caller. Brother Piyaki's on the line. The other caller, we'll, we'll get to you after Brother Piyaki. Brother Piyaki, out of St. Louis. How you doing, King? What you got? For, what's your three cents, three cents for us this morning? Thanks for calling in, as always. Brother Piyaki, you live on the air. Montoya, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Coming through loud and clear now, King. Go ahead. All right, Milana, can you hear me? All right, uh, Montoya, I got a person on on my Skype connection with you. And I'm listening to you on the phone and Skype. He's been there for 44 okay. years. So do you see another live with me? Uh, no, I do not. It doesn't come through like that on my board, unfortunately. Can you, if you want to have her get in, can you just can you it's give her heat. the number and call in the way you did? Or I'm sorry, I didn't understand the name. Sorry, but can you have him call the same number you call? Because I can't see it. It doesn't work that way for me. I don't see that other line. Sorry. I tell you what, let me hang this line up and see what's yeah, left. Yeah, and I'll call back in. Yeah, I'm gonna hang it up right now. Okay, I'll get back to you. I'm gonna go to another caller and I'll get back to you. I will make that work. That's our number one caller, so y'all got to work with me with uh, Brother Bianca. He calls religiously almost every week. Let's go to this. For anybody else out there on the line, I see a lot of you on the line. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Let's go to this caller. It looks like maybe here in Atlanta. 678, last 3306. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning. This is Tennyson from Atlanta. How are you? How you doing, King? Thanks for calling in. What you got for us? Well, I'm listening, and uh, please forgive me if I missed some of the commentary because I uh, got in about half an hour ago. But I don't have an issue with the numbers being low unless we know how many Americans applied and how many how many were denied mm-hmm. and why. Then the number mm-hmm. being low is not shouldn't be an issue. And I'm not sure if you guys that discuss this are aware of the Ghana time, the right of the Adobe, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Abobe law, and um, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, it's A-B-O-D-E law, which allows any person of African descent to apply and be granted the right to stay in Ghana indefinitely. So for a country to do that, even if the number is low, can you imagine if America had opened its border in such a way where Mm. you can here indefinitely. I mean, that's unbelievable. And so for this discussion to make sense, we have to know how many people applied. I know in yeah, 2019, Very good yeah, I know in 2019, they granted over 200 citizenship to African descent. So, you know, and, and again, Ghana is, was the, my understanding too, is that Ghana is the first African country to offer people of African descent from all over the world to come there and resettle. So those are some awesome things that they're doing. And, you know, instead of we debating that the number is so low, we should take, we should take advantage if we want to 
moved there. I visited Ghana, and I have had an awesome time. Uh, the people were warm. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed the the just just the sheer and the and the, and the, it was very inexpensive when you coming from a country such as America and the exchange rate and things like that. So I would say go and visit at least, and then if you want to stay, go and apply. I mean, they're opening it up, so it can't be all that bad. And again, another thing too, for those who have applied and didn't get citizenship, why? Maybe it's that they have a good reason mm-hmm. why they didn't grant citizenship. No, good question. Um, excellent call, uh, Tennyson. Yeah, these are things. And, again, just putting perspectives on all these things that we're dialoguing about. We are at the top of the hour, King, so if you want to get back in, please come off the one and get back on the one. I've got to go to our top of the hour break. But I definitely appreciate you giving an amazing three cents. I think you asked some prominent questions. I'm very interested in, in hearing, uh, Tamika, what you have to say about what Tennyson had to say. The break will be pretty quick. Um, but we will be playing another cut, too, so it may take us in a different direction. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think we'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. I'm a human being in Africa, but a black man in America. African in England. Don't forget where you are from. Ghana down to Suriname. Please don't shoot me, we are one. Refuse, 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 now you can't walk. Yeah, welcome to God. They just made this for me today. Oh, wow. No very good. He said he could watch my show for years. Yeah. And so he made me my captain. I put it on, just kept it on. I said, I don't rock What your thoughts are on the fact that the president of Ghana has yeah. made a call for people to come back yeah. to the motherland? What your thoughts are on the year of return? I mean, I just think it's a fabulous idea, you know. Um, it was something I, I had planned on doing years ago. It's been on my vision board for years. And um, this was the time I was coming for some other business and things to make a deeper footprint over here than just to come over here before and go back. This is different for me, so we're going to stay for a while. we got some things set up on the continent, so I just think it's a great call, though. I don't think people understand how it feels for a lot of African Americans to come home to a place you've never been. I mean, how do you, how you've never been home before? I think it's emotional for everybody. Every African-American should experience it for their own soul. It's for your soul. You know, your soul is here. Mm-hmm. And so it is nothing but greatness being here. I mean, you know, this is home. It's when we get here, the first time I came here, I, I couldn't stop crying because I had, I had come to a place called home, which I had never been. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt robbed. And so I'm good now. Now, you know, we're doing some business over here. Mm-hmm. We're going to create some opportunity over here. We're going to change the, the thought process, you know. And this is going to help shape, especially bridge the gap between African Americans and Africans because 
definitely. That's what you have to do. You know, we all know what America is. You know, we've done some wonderful things. They accomplished a great deal, but you don't know what it is. You gotta go home, though. Eventually, you gotta go home. Yeah, it pulls at you. You know, so once you come here, you'll you'll get it. The more of us that come here, the more you'll get it. Because when you drive down the street, it's like driving down the street in Atlanta, Detroit, Chicago. Washington, you just keep seeing yourself. <laughs> I thought five people was my aunt today. I thought I saw my aunt five times today. I know I saw some curls. And I met the, the dude, uh, the dude from Houston, oh, yeah. over yeah. in uh, Springfield. Right, we did, we did. He's just a lighter version of my brother Terry. Really. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Tamika Peoples, our special guest of Frank Asante and Chief X. For this morning's discussion question, Ghana's year of return, should we move, visit, or not go? As you hear a cut from Steve Harvey, Tamika, we'll start with you, Queen. Uh, just any thoughts about everything you're hearing? I think Tennyson posed some, some other questions to give viewpoints, even to put some of what tone put in context, those are the better questions in a sense, you know, how many people actually applied and things of that nature. You, in a sense, if you look at all those numbers, it may put the actual results in a different light. So I thought those were fair questions by, by Tennyson. Thanks a lot for that, for those questions, King. Uh, any thoughts, Queen? No, I, I thought there were great questions too. You know, data, you know, when you hear data points and uh, people highlight and talk about only certain aspects of it, it is really important to get the whole picture and the whole story. So that was a very good point. And to what we just heard with respect to Steve Harvey and, and, and going home to a place you've never really been, you know, um, I think as I will speak for myself as an African American who has never been to the continent and my desire to go and why my desire is to go is because I feel like. Uh, it's a part of my soul, just like you said, you know, a lot of everything that we know was stripped from us. Uh, we did build up what we had here. We had a culture uh, uh, within a nation, right? But our real culture resides in, in on those lands, you know, and um, in our homeland. And, and to be honest, the homeland to humanity is the continent of Africa. So it's really just important for me, um, and again, I'll speak for myself, to not just visit but to do more. Um, and so I, I, I think, you know, all of us have probably some inkling to want to know, uh, to want to visit, and maybe it's not Ghana, maybe it's Senegal, maybe it's Benin, maybe it's Kenya, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, return home. Uh, so for me, it, just, it, it resonated what Steve said, uh, and it kind of reinforces my why. Uh, fair enough. And, and if I will, for anybody out there online that's listening, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know that you're trying to speak on this morning's discussion. And, and, and like yourself, Tamika, uh, I, I'm still – have that strong desire, it will happen for me. Uh, I, I have a dream in my mind. This is, in a sense, people trying to get to the bag. My, my concept of, you know, in a sense, getting to the bag is to be able to set myself up to visit the continent every other year. I definitely, it's something that is a dream for me to, in a sense, still have a family, uh, I, in a sense, have my own family, and that be part of our ritual that we go visit different parts. But I actually want to start 
like many, right there in West Africa, haven't done my DNA test like a Chief X, something I also plan to do in a sense. And, and I even had friends here in Atlanta, after having done their DNA, DNA test, uh, had the opportunity to, in a sense, go interact and meet with their tribe. Uh, Brother Rick Matthews uh, comes to mind, who's been on this show before, um, um, the curator of the um, Black Friday uh, documentary in part two, was in a sense talking about that trip to West Africa and other parts of the diaspora, uh, beautiful documentary. Just, you know, go check that out if you will. Uh, but watching that, brother, go meet his tribe. And, and we got some other community club members here in the Mental Dialogue Community Club uh, that, that actually do business and go to Ghana on a regular basis. Monty Evans um, comes to mind, who's also been on the show. Uh, we, we, we are looking to support his nonprofit in which he uh, partners with schools there in Ghana to, in a sense, help with the education on, you know, whether it's infrastructure or actual books and things of that nature. So this is a relationship that has always mattered to, to me as it does to you, to because, uh, you know, just to highlight those things because, again, there's several reasons to bridge that gap. Uh, mainly, like you said, as a, in a sense, uh, there's a disconnect whether some African Americans want to accept that or not. There is a disconnect and a gap for the most part just simply because we don't know about it. That's the gap that I would love to close, and I, I want to experience that same thing going to a home I've never been to. Chief X having, you know, in a sense, did you did you get any sentiments like that? Again, you were amongst the people, uh, but did it feel like you were going home, if you will, uh, considering that was your first trip to the continent? Any any, any sentiments of that nature, or if it was different, please share those, share those thoughts, King. Yeah, see, see I'm a, um, a down-to-earth kind of guy, you know, so... I can kind of blend in and get along with everybody. So um, I did feel that at home, you know, the hospitality was um, great. The kindness was great. Um, I, I would go back and enjoy another visit. Um, but can I real briefly, can I speak to a, a another reality? Because I know we have listeners. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, so we, we just, we just an open conversation, man. Uh, jump where you want to go. Right, we got uh, to call it. Maybe so, uh, I'm getting you, but go ahead and jump to, to it. Right. So according to the topic I wanted to touch on, and um, you said uh, visit, go back, and would you know, and move there. Um, so I, 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 when I came back, I wanted to let my a lot of my Facebook friends, you know, my social media friends, know to be r- realistic um, about moving to Ghana. I, I, I really think you have to have an unfailable plan, or be on some type of fixed income where your income is for sure. Because if you move to Ghana and happen to lose a job or fall on hard times, you're not going to get no food stamps. There's no welfare. It's just a difference, and it's another country. You you, you know, you'll kind of be up like shit creek, you know, out there without no job, you know, and nothing to fall back on. So people thinking about moving there have to be very careful, plan extremely good. You have to have an unsellable uh, um, plan. You know, because um, things are different. You know, in America, we have, you know, things to fall back on if we fall on hard times, you know. It's not like that in Ghana. Um, and, um, you know, there was a time out there where one day we had to take a cold shower, you know. So it's it, 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 one of the couples that are on our tour are selling their property and moving there. It's fitting for them. They're a retired couple. They get a pension. They can move to Ghana and be totally fine and live well off their pension. 
even Social Security. But for a young person who's kind of still active and not set or get a pension or, or, or Social Security and just, you know, have jobs, they have to be very careful, young person. It's a, it's a personality thing, you know. I, I like sports, you know, so it was just a difference not to be able to watch normal sports program. And when the sports did come on, it came on at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. So people have to think mm-hmm. about these things if they're thinking about moving, you know. I would visit again, but I'm not sure of me being spoiled living in Los Angeles, California, you know, with the luxury right, we had. Right, I don't know right. if I could live there personally. Now, nah, I mean, these are beautiful, fair thoughts. Uh, Frank, as you hear, um, you know, T-Bex, in a sense, lay, lay out his thoughts on, on, in this. Uh, what's your, in a sense, maybe response, or what do you have to say about what he had to say? Go ahead, Ken. Well, I think uh, he summed it all up. He summed it all up. When I first heard the uh, the uh, the topic for the discussion, uh, year for 10, should we go, move, or not go, the first question that came to mind was, what are you moving to Ghana to do? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to Ghana to retire? Are you going to Ghana to work? Are you going to Ghana to start a business? Definitely there are great opportunities out there. But like you said, um, there's a lot of conveniences that are still not there yet. You know, things is still a third world country. <clears throat> uh, for most people that have visit, visited most of the Caribbean countries, Jamaica is a great place. It's a great, great place to visit, but living over there is another, you know, story. So, like he said, for someone who was who was raised in uh, California with all the conveniences available, Ghana is not there yet. Um, you know, our electricity recently became very stable, which is uh, a great improvement. Our roads, you know, for those that visited can, you know, attest to that fact. We still, you know, have some work to do. So um, as far as moving, if you see opportunity in Ghana that you want to start something, I've seen African-Americans that have moved over there, build a hotel, uh, you know, uh, you know, like a motel that are running it. You want to start some business, yes, but um, – uh, employment opportunity is not as great as it is here in the United States. Benefits-wise, you know, government assistance and all of that. Uh, when I first moved to America, I went to the, um, what they call the projects, and I looked around. You know, it, it looked like, you know, impoverished area, but they still had electricity and good ra- good running water. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is not, this is not the ghetto. You know? <laughs> You're like, what, what, what kind of poverty is this? Right. It's all perspective. You know, and I'm looking at these people and uh they have a free transportation to go to a medical to go to the doctor's office. Uh they have a food stamp uh to get food. Uh they have some type of you know, benefits in place that helps you when you need help. We don't have that in Ghana. Uh you on your own um, when you're in Ghana, you know, with regards to how you're going to feed yourself. So it's a great place. It's an opportunity. Uh, if you see an opportunity to want to go and start something, great. But uh, to move to Ghana, my question is, what are you going to do in Ghana? Or why do you want to move to Ghana? Nah, great question. We're actually up against another break. We'll get to the caller and your thoughts as well. Um, you can come in out of the break. 
You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, real quick, just to remind y'all, with the breaks, y'all are still live, so keep that in mind. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Native Ghanaian, uh, 
Chief X returned from his recently returned from his trip to Ghana, as he said, not in relation. He went for his 50th birthday, not necessarily out of from the marketing of the year of returns. It so happened to coincide for him personally, uh, and we're just speaking to it. Should we move, visit, or not go? And, again, you hear a perspective from Tone Talks, who's just giving his perspective on it. We do have a caller. Um, to me, I'm going to get that you jump in here before we go to the caller, uh, in a sense, because you've been waiting, uh, in a sense, to get in. So let me hear, in a sense, some of your thoughts, and then we'll go to the caller. Uh, yeah, you know, I, again, Tom brings up great points. He talked about the population. He talked about the, the the monetary concerns, and all those things are concerned. We actually, um, you know, actually mentioned what we should be concerned about, right? And I, I agree. But then I, I also think this is all the reason why, for me, when I see problems, I actually think about opportunity. So it's all the reason why we should think about it, visit, and then if we have intent to be there in any way, uh, make that decision and make a very clear, as, as Chief X said, concrete plan, whatever that may be for you, and, and move forward on that. But um, the return really represents a lot more things for me than, than just saying, hey, I'm going to go buy a home here, right? Ghana is in need of a lot of things, development. And, and in that development, there's opportunity, people. There's opportunity in development. And so what does that look like for you? Um, so I, I appreciate it. And he's right. Those are, those are valid points. Whenever you go anywhere, you should really – Understand what are going to be the impacts? What are going to be the limitations? What are going to be the hurdles? So fair enough. Let's go to the no, absolutely. Let's go to the caller. Area code three one four last three nine five three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Can you hear me now, Yeah, you're coming through loud and clear, brother Piyaki. Yeah, I can hear you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Milana, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you well. Can you hear Milana? Montoya. Milana, we can now hear you, Milana. So, yes, both of you can get in on this discussion. Now, so let me introduce Milana to you. Where y'all want to start? Go ahead. Yeah, Milana went back to Ghana, I think, in 1971. He, he's still there. And he had a lot to do with the process of the citizenship. Been working on it for okay. a long time. I've known him for a long time. So I'm going to let you and him talk. Go ahead, Milana. This is Montoya. He's a very nice young man. Uh, <laughs> appreciate yes, you. appreciate um, you for the compliment, good, good even if you don't mean it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, how are you, sir? I do very well, Milan. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, thanks I'm, for coming I'm on. Here, you can give us some I'm here in Accra, Ghana, and it's uh, in the mid-afternoon. But anyway, uh, good afternoon to you or good morning to you. Hello. Now, thank you for coming Good on. Now, you're you're coming through clear. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. We definitely need insight because we had no insight on this this question because it came up earlier for us in the show. So yeah, if you can give us insight, let me give you some backdrop just in case you haven't heard, and then you maybe can start here for us. But one of our, in a sense, one of the questions when we were in a sense having this discussion of whether we should move, visit, or not go, one of the thing that promptly came up was we played a cut from this one brother who talked about uh, the the ease of citizenship, that if it was something that was, if it is part of the marketing, quote, unquote, in the year of return, that the ease of citizenship is something that should take place. And we really had no answers on, in a sense, 
you know, if if there's any difficulty, and then one last question, and I'll let you, just, you know, kind of give us what you know about it. We had another caller make a great uh, caller in sense of, in a sense, how many, particularly for us as African Americans, are there a lot of African Americans even apl- applying? Because that will give some context on whether it's been easy or not. We we just heard that only been 46 Americans in the in the year of return that have become citizens per se, so that number alone seems kind of low, but we may not have the full context. So that's kind of what we've talked about to give you some backdrop, but yeah, please jump in and, and give us your insight. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you. Thank you, Brother Bianchi, for reaching all the way to the, across the waters to get us an expert on this discussion. Go ahead, um, Milana. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, yeah. First of all, let me, let me introduce, uh, uh, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, NGO called Ministry of the Future. And now, as far as the citizenship is concerned, do understand there's been a collective effort of many Africans of the diaspora going back to the 1950s or even beyond trying to get citizenship or to return home. But what we are talking about is not just citizenship. We have to understand that. We are descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. And we were taken out of here illegally, kidnapped. So our position to government, and I'm speaking from the horse's mouth, this we approached the government in 1992, we approached the government in 1998, mm. and then in 2016, I, along with the secretary to the president, was able enough to get 34. That was the first... 34 collectively of Africans of the diaspora got what we call right to return. We are asking for mm. the right to return, and that is incorporated or in, incorporated in the citizenship. But it's not just citizenship. See, white mm-hmm. white people can go and get citizenship. Chinese can go and get citizenship. But we mm-hmm. are a unique people. We are asking for a right to return. And we got it. Mm. We got it. So the right to return nice. came on the 28th of December, uh, 2016. And it was under okay. uh, the, the head of state, His Excellency John Dramani Mahama. He was the president then. I went to him along with the secretary to him. And I, I presented our case based upon a two-tier, a two-tier approach. One is moral and the other is economic benefit that we can bring added value to the economy, GDP of Ghana. And Ghana has a moral obligation because there were 66 slave ports during the 400-year slave trade. Mm-hmm. Ghana had 46, 46 of the 66. So either wow. those of us who were taken out are either from Ghana or we came through Ghana within that 400-year period. So what we have been asking for, and finally government is listening, we want the right to return. And I want to make it clear, because I have a lot of colleagues here, that I was not the only one. It's a collective effort of Africans Mm -hmm. of the diaspora living in Ghana who are pursuing citizenship under the auspices of right to return. And we were able enough in December 28th 2016 to get 34. Wow. We could have gotten more than 34, but many of our people mm-hmm. just didn't believe it. So now, in 2018, we're, in 2018, my organization took 232 applications 
to the office of the president and to the ministry of the interior. And we use the same initiative we used in 2016. You understand? And we use the same narrative. And so government so approved 232 of my organization's applications. Wow. But there were 20 others that government approved that came to a total of 252. I want to repeat. Okay. The government, the president, His Excellency Nana Dankwa Akufo Ado, he signed 252 approvals of Africans of the diaspora for citizenship in 2019. But the final shortlisting, it came to be only 100. And 26, I repeat, on the 27th of November at the President's mm-hmm. Banquet Hall, we had 126 Africans of the diaspora that did the swearing-in ceremony to become citizens mm-hmm. of Ghana. And my organization, Ministry of the Future, had about 120 of the 126. So we are pursuing Amazing. the right to return because we are descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. We did not ask to go out. We were kidnapped to go out. And it was the President John Vermani Mahama in 2016 that said, I am not giving you citizenship. I'm giving you your right that was taken away wow. from you. And we have that on video. If you want to get a copy, write me, and I'll send you the whole ceremony of the video. Can you define the difference? So I hope I'm making myself clear on that. Yes, okay, that y'all, very thanks to one of my guests. I'm so glad. Let me let me jump in, y'all. Let me jump in. Thank y'all for jumping in. I'll get y'all questions answered. So I appreciate, obviously, uh, everything that you've had to say. I want to thank Brother Piyaki for the efforts he went through this morning to ensure we got it, as he said, as you say, from the horse's mouth. Chief X had a quick question, so I'll let you go ahead and answer that, um, Brother Milana. Am I saying it right? Milana or Milana? Let me show I'm saying it correctly. Milana, right? No, Milana. Yeah, Milano. Milano, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Chief X asked quickly, he said, can you explain the difference between, I guess, in a sense, citizenship and right return? I think I understand it, but let me let you answer that question, of course. Go ahead, uh, if you will. Wait, I didn't hear the question altogether. The, question, question, um, the difference it, between it, right to yeah, – go ahead, Chief X. Go ahead and ask the question. I'm sorry. Yeah, is it – what's the difference, like, specifically with somebody – has a right to return. Oh, the difference and between uh, the difference between right to return and citizenship. That's what you want to know, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, the difference is simply this. Uh, you see, Ghana has a immigration department. It has a Ministry of the Interior with immigration codes and how to go about for anyone, any national of the world can apply for Ghanaian citizenship. But it appears only the preserve of the president. To approve. But in this case here, we as African descendants of the transatlantic slave trade, it puts us in a different category altogether. We are not coming as Chinese. We're not coming as Europeans. We're not coming as Mexicans or anyone trying to get citizenship here. We are coming back home because we were kidnapped from our home. So therefore, we say to government, we want citizenship. But also, we want it to be understood that it is our right to return. 
and the government conceded that this is your right, this is your home, and this is the reason that we are giving you that citizenship. We are giving you the right to return. Now, as a European, a British man, a Frenchman, German, Chinese, Russian, they would get citizenship under, you know what I mean, under the usual and customary code. But we, as African descendants of the slave trade, we are a unique people. And the uniqueness is predicated upon the 400 years of captivity outside of our motherland and having been kidnapped, and now we are returning. So that is the difference. Let me ask you this real quick. I think it might be. Let me ask a real quick question because I want to get some clarity in Chief X's question. So when you say it's under a different code, um, what comes with the code versus the typical citizenship? I think that may be where Chief X is going, so I want to get that particular. And then, Chief, um, Brother Pianchi, you can jump in, I'm, and I'm, I'm down to hear uh, what uh, Sister Tamiko has to say. And I will give heads. We, we're, we're commercial-free with opportunity for somebody on the ground in, in Ghana. We're commercial-free for the, these last half an hour, so that that is the case. So if you will, any difference that you know of in reference to that coding, if you will, that was the term you used, in reference to if I as an no, African-American I, choose that. Yeah, yeah. Is there any difference in, in, any, in any, what is the difference if there is one? Besides philosophical. Right, right, right. Yeah, there. What is there anything that comes with me being coded as a right to return? Is there anything that comes with that? Yeah, I'm just asking. It may not be. We're just asking that question in particular. Well, I can answer that. And let me see if he's still there. No, he. Yeah, I lost him. You still okay. there, Milana? No, let me answer this. What it does is okay, put please, you please. in a special category. The same way the Civil Rights Act initially done, the same way it is written in the Liberian Constitution that the only people that can become citizens of Liberia is the Negro. That's what was wrote in their Constitution. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you have that special treatment, that's, that's like the Israel, your stack of applications mm-hmm. go in a special pile, and that's how it's used. I see. Okay, so so I'm wondering if if I may, um, it, and I haven't seen the application, and I'm sure my brothers and sisters are on the phone or listening probably haven't seen haven't seen the citizens application either. But is there, if you have an interest to call into your citizenship application your right to return, is there? I'm sure there might be some particular references you have to make that might, like you said, put your application in a different stack. Um, that would have been amazing to me to get from this brother, but I know we've lost him. Uh, so I'm just curious, you know, when you go through the citizenship process, typically there's a, a fairly extensive application. Mm-hmm. And is there anywhere on there to call and to reference this act for us to return? That makes sense. Um, so well, that's my, that's my I'm question. sure it is. <laughs> you, would, you would have to contact his organization, and I can provide mm-hmm. that to um Montoya, and you can get back with him later. And they have went through the process. Like he said, this process started back in the 90s. Now, I would like to say one other thing. Somebody made mention of when you go to these, this not only Ghana, any other country, you got to go there for a reason other than Mm -hmm. citizenship. Now, you can go there for citizenship, a right to return, but 
the thing that they are looking for is the expertise that lies within black Americans. They are the most highly educated Africans on the planet of Earth, if you want to say that. And that's what they're looking for. Because, and I always have told Montoya, is that those that have something going on here in the United States are idea candidates to go abroad and do something. Because you have to have something that you can fall back on, either resources, the capital, the equipment, the knowledge. To go off into a country and just try to start up something, that don't work very well. And in our case, you got black Americans in Ghana that you need to contact when you go there, and especially like they are. Now they're Ghanaians. They're Ghanaians now. You need to contact mm-hmm. them and find out the ins and outs of what it is that you need to go about in, in order to achieve what you need to, to achieve. I'm married okay. to a Ghanaian yeah. female. I can have citizenship. I just have never went through the process. But uh, and uh, who's the guy there? Frank, I think it is. My heart to say, Frank. Uh, my wife, away from the Volta region. And uh, she's very feisty. <laughs> so, so to, yeah, to, me, to Brother Piaki's no. point and to some of the things that I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Now you go ahead. Now please finish, finish, and I'm gonna let Frank get in after you go ahead. I'm gonna try no, to get I, him I back on too. Well, yeah, that'll be great. That, uh, that'll be great. So yeah, let, 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 let Tamika finish, and then Frank, you're going. Let Tamika finish, then you're going. Sorry. Sure, sure. Go ahead. I'll be quick, Frank. Thank you. Um, uh, it's just to Brother Pianke's point. Yes, it's for a reason, right? It's this this call or this push or this marketing, whatever we want to call it, to come back home is really to bring the best of the best. We are family, the best of the best. And so why wouldn't we bring our skills, our resources, the, the greatness within us to go back and enrich our homeland? Uh, so that's, thank you. All right, Frank, floor is yours. I, um, amazing opportunity from Brother Pianchi, uh speaking to Brother uh, Moleno, and I get, he looks like he's trying to still get him back on, but go ahead, King. Well, I think there's um, a lot of misinformation uh, regarding this whole citizenship process, and uh, Dr. Uh, Milano did a great job breaking it down as to the difference between uh, just going to Ghana to become a citizenship regardless of your background and also the right to return. Um, I I really didn't know anything about that. Like I said earlier, I don't have much information about how the whole citizenship processes work. So he did a great job breaking it, and I believe hopefully um, our listeners can take that run with it and be able to, you know, do it the right way, depending whether they just want to go and uh, do business or they just want to become citizenship. Um, it's a lot of uh, uh, misinformation, and um, that was some very good uh, points that he made. Um, also, um, I what I would say is I don't think that, uh, like the uh, brother said earlier, that I don't think that uh, Ghana, Ghana will um, deny any uh, person of African descent citizenship uh, in Ghana. So it's finding the right information and being able to go through the right processes, and uh, that shouldn't really be an issue. I'm really surprised that that has actually become a part of our main focus in this conversation because <laughs> I never thought that was an issue. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Dr. Uh, Milana, please, everybody follow him. 
Uh, he has a lot of great information. I think he knows Ghana more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's amazing. Let me get Brother Piaki back on as well. He may he may have gotten Dr. Milano back on possibly. All right, brother, yeah, I, couldn't get, him, I couldn't get him back on. He's, okay, no he's, problem. He's unavailable. But uh, the lady asked a question about what people want to do. See, I have a friend in in uh, the United States, in, in St. Louis area. He's a construction manager, Kwame Building Group. Well, he's doing that sort of work in the United States. Therefore, he's got the ability to go abroad. U.S.-based companies do that all the time, Bechtel and others. So that's what I said. If you got a, a, a particular thing that's working, and see, the main thing is is that you still got to eat. You got to feed your family. You got a wife that wants to drive or whatever. So that has to continue to go on while you go abroad and try to establish a foothold in another part of the world, in this case, in Ghana, West Africa. And the reason why you want the special treatment is because you don't want to be in the same category well. as someone coming from someplace else. I mean, is that is that clear? You are, you, you no, it makes sense. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, it's very clear. Let me say this real quick, and I'll let I want Chief X to jump in his back in as well. But yeah, it's, it's very clear. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't that we didn't understand it; we just didn't know what the difference was. Um, you know, and I'll let you obviously Chief X speak to himself, but I'll say in me asking for that clarity. No, it makes full sense. You know, if I get in a in a smaller line than a longer line, that that in itself is enough, uh, even if it doesn't include anything else. Uh, and, and but it was just us asking the question because we didn't know if it included anything or if it was just a philosophical thought. So very fair question. Uh, but again, Chief X, you can kind of, if you will, jump back in. I'm, I'm gonna keep you on the line for the rest of the of the show because obviously you have a knowledge base as well. So so you ain't gotta go anywhere. I will let other callers get in if you're out there. Just press one. Y'all can still get in. But again, with this type of uh, knowledge base, I, I want to take full advantage of, and make sure that the, the, the live show is getting all the information. But better yet, more people listen via podcast. So we have these opportunities. I don't want to miss them. So again, we are commercial free. Chief X, um, get any thoughts on in a sense what you're hearing or what Brother Pianchi has had to say about be well established here in the states before you consider doing business really anywhere, but particularly for this conversation, uh, West uh, West West Africa in Ghana. Go ahead, King. Um, I, I kind of was I kind of was in the bathroom when I heard my name and I ran to the phone. <laughs> so I, I I don't know if I missed a question or something or. No, 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 you didn't miss anything. I was just uh, uh, Brother Pianchi was just kind of constant. He's kind of on, a, on reiterated the idea of if you're considering doing business abroad. His biggest point is that only works if you've established yourself within within your home base. Obviously, for us as African Americans here in the states, right? So let you know. So, right, right. so the idea of going on abroad to start something new because there's opportunity that is a risk that's never a smart consideration anywhere, but obviously for this conversation we're talking about Ghana. So that's kind of what he's been saying. I, I, yeah, you missed some of that. But that's what he's been okay. saying, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts considering you are about to do the very thing we're talking about. Uh, start can, I, can I say something else, too? Uh, let me right. go. Yeah, go ahead, P. I can say that, and then we'll get to you. Let, let me say something else, quick, too. Then you can yeah, go this ahead. Is, uh, Lebanese do business in Ghana. They marry Ghanaian women. Chinese marry Ghanaian women. Why do they do that? Because that Ghanaian person has like a carte blanche to information and to access, if you know what I'm saying. 
So you with that special privilege as a right of return gives you sort of a carte blanche. It's two things that work for you over there real well. And I'm telling you out of the and I'm old in value on on this station and I've been there. One is that American passport. If you got a Ghanaian passport because you're a citizen, you can enter the country and you don't have to use your American passport. You don't have to have a visa. Also, you can go into the other EcoWise countries. And I think it's 14 of them without a visa. The second thing that you got going for you is your skin color. Those who don't want to be black, well, give me your blackness. I'll take it. The U.S. passport and your skin color, those are trump cards. Go ahead, Chief X, and then I'll let Tamika get in okay. after you, Chief X. Go well, ahead. Bian- well, Bianchi, I'm, I'm looking for a Ghanaian wife now. She has to be beautiful, big thighs and all that. You know what I mean? She, likes to, she has to love how to love the cook and clean, and I'm ready. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's not a problem at all. That is not a problem at yeah, all. Yeah, Frank got you on and that. Frank will make that happen for you, Chief X. Real talk. Frank will make that happen yeah, for you. I, I got you on that, bro. I got you. I'm going to take good care of her. <laughs> I got you. Frank will make, make sure she's fine. I'll go ahead and put that sure line on the Frank will make sure she's fine. Make sure you go out in the bush to get one. <laughs> now, Chief X is like Frank, though, just so you know, Chief X like him thick. <laughs> uh, uh, but no I like, kidding. I like your thick, too. I like your thick, too. Yeah. Amer- American. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me give some go more ahead, information out there. That's the lady no, that's on, the, on there. What's her name? Tamika. Is that Tamika? Tamika. Yes, Tamika. And I think we talked before. And same thing with you. Go get your Ghanaian husband. But here's the thing. You have already, you got the Agora Act, which is the African Growth and Opportunity Act. Mm -hmm. And you got black politicians here that ain't doing as much as they could be doing because nobody has put them to task. As I've said before, if you go to Ghana and start manufacturing, what do you manufacture? What's coming from Mm -hmm. other parts of the world into the United States? If you have the ability to duplicate that in manufacturing in Ghana, you have the ability to bring it back into the United States under the AGOA Act, which was passed mm-hmm. under uh, under Clinton. That means that Clinton it can come into the United States duty and terrorist free. Free. At mm-hmm. the same time, you got your people in Congress. You tell them this stuff that's coming from France that I'm making in Ghana, put a tariff on it. Put a tariff on it and raise the price forty percent. Okay, what did that do? Well, then automatically, people are going to do what people do. They're going to buy the cheapest and the best. They ain't going to be spending 40% more. Mm -hmm. So that's how you use these advantages that Mm -hmm. you have that people are not using at all. Absolutely. Uh, I I love it. Let me me, let me talk. Let me just. Yeah, yeah, please go ahead, Queen. I I didn't finish. I was going to explain my business. To Brother Priyanka's point. Go ahead, Tamika. Let me go back. Let me back. Um, the GOA Act, which is supposed to phase out at the end of this year, uh, Obama extended it to 2025. So understand, family, honestly, this is about trade and resources. Uh, Google is moving headquarters to Africa. There are, you know, companies that are taking advantage of these potential tariff 
faux pas and moving their whole operations into Africa and then shifting out from there. So if we, if we as a people don't understand what the real call to home is about, uh, is about bringing our resources and talent and making the connection to global trade, from Africa to and through the Americas, then we've, we've lost the entire message. I don't like to talk about anything else but that because that's really what it's about. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate, uh, <laughs> I appreciate and let me give you another example. Let me give you another example. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to let Chief X. I've got to let Chief X. I've got to let Chief X. You can still get it out. Go ahead, Chief X. Okay, so I'm pretty much um, it, it, it's a benefit for me to do business in, in Ghana. I'm, I'm pretty much established here in America uh, with my business. I'm in store. Um, so it's it's about uh, uh, import and export with me. Um, I previously was getting my Moringa powder from um, Senegal. Okay. Uh, the business wasn't just, wasn't too good. It, I would have problems in shipping. He would forget things. So I said, I need another business partner. When I go to Ghana, I'm going to find me a contact for Moringa. I got so you a contact. Too. All right. You ain't got to go nowhere. <clears throat> okay. Well, because these, these may not work out. Cause, this uh, brother got – it's, it's a brother over there that's got a, a, a Moringa form. He's not a Moringa, Daoud. but he – David, yes. Yeah, David. Not Daoud. David. David. I'm not sorry, Daoud. Yeah, I said David. his name wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah but, I, I got you. Yeah, so da, hold on, hold on. So David has contacted me twice. He's one of the brothers who I've met out there, um, and he can. All right, well you're on the you're on the right because, path then. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he just had a little higher little price point was a little higher than I was expected. <laughs> so I got well, to work the thing with him the, on the to price. Tamika. We comp- in, in Montoya. We complain about how in the Congo that they're taking Cortan out, mm-hmm. which is a major component to cell phones and computers. Well, an African-American concern can buy the equipment that they need to excavate and not only excavate, but also process Cortan into a product that they can immediately use to put in cell phones and computers rather than shipping it out. And that operation is going on abroad, putting people abroad to work. You can get that equipment on Alibaba all day long. And they have very in, in the in the countries that are really focused on on AGOA and the year not even the year return but really AGOA, uh, they actually have initiatives in country to finance these operations and agribusiness and construction. And so my my point is think of it from a really broad lens, but really focus it back onto the resources and the skill sets that you're going to bring home. And yes, of course have a good business plan. But the, but the idea here is if you are coming to enrich something and build up something in the country, do you not think that there are resources there that you could potentially tap into? The right plan, the right partnerships. Uh, so I just I would submit to all of us, one, yes, visit. Two, consider citizenship. Three, absolutely bring your skills, talent, and resources and enrich our homeland, and you would be surprised of the opportunity and the access to resources. And you know, one other thing too, Montoya and all of you, you yourself personally, 
you're going to get rich if you want to or not. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen because you are at the primary stage of development in the country the same way it happened here in the United States with your Carnegie's, with your Rockefellers, and so on and so on and so on. You can't help but. Makes sense. That's, that's major what you're saying. I, 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 I'm going to reiterate what Brother Pianchi just laid out. When I, and, if you go, and it goes back to something I said in the first hour, right? The concept of, of us as African Americans constantly competing for old money. So this, you know, I didn't know Brother Pianchi was going to, I mean, I knew you would call in because you always call in. So that, and I, and I appreciate you for being our number one caller. No idea that you would say something that, in my opinion, reiterates something that I mentioned in the first hour, and it comes full circle in my mind, that you're hearing it from people who do business abroad telling you, if you have yourself established here and want to take advantage of opportunities that we see, as Tamika said, all these other countries been there, going there. So they're going there for a reason, and as Brother Pianchi just said, if you are established and want to do that, you are in that ground level to be to have, as I mentioned earlier, it makes sense to me from a legacy standpoint. So if you get in now and become rich, as a Brother Pianchi just alluded to, then that is an amazing legacy that you not only created abroad, but you're connected and bridging the gap to enrich yourself here in the States as well. So that's what it means to me from a a long-term standpoint, and I think we have to improve our long view. Uh, in a sense, as a culture. Uh, Frank, I'm very interested because, again, I know you were excited to come on this show, uh, but I can only imagine uh, just hearing African Americans talk like this about your country. Uh, I, I want to hear uh, how, how it feels to you because I, I don't think you thought this would be the conversation this morning, but again, I got the smartest audience in all the radio, so when I can bring us all together, we go other places. Uh, how you feeling about this conversation? Because we, we carry it on as if we don't have someone from the continent, <laughs> from, from Ghana it, it itself. So go ahead, King. Any thoughts of, of hearing us dialogue in this manner, manner about your country? Oh, yeah. Uh, can you repeat that again? It, was it a question? Uh, yeah, I was just saying, how, how do you feel about hearing African-Americans dialogue about your country in this manner? Uh, yeah, I don't think, or I assume that this wasn't your expectation, even for the conversation, yeah. excited, as excited as you wanted to be. I didn't assume that you would, this, this is what you expected. So any thoughts in general, just uh, hearing a dialogue yeah. this way? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm really, 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 um, um, I'm, I'm really excited about the, uh, the conversation because it's actually, uh, open, um, you know, my eyes to, um, a lot of things that I wasn't aware of, um, especially this whole citizenship, uh, issue and process. What I would say is, um, like I said earlier, uh, there, this whole process is a victory for black people in general because for us to even be able to have such a dialogue, uh, which at probably 15, 20 years ago, this wouldn't have been the case, and being able to, you know, identify, you know, some of the differences, um, I think it's a, it's a great way forward for this whole year of return initiative. Um, I see more and more people uh, going back there, whether to visit or, you know, to look for business opportunity. What I would say is it's a great place to do business. Going there just to move over there, you will have to have a plan. And um, whatever expertise you have, 
I think that the Ghana is um, have uh, open arms to welcome you to become a part of the development. We still have work to do over there. So if you're coming, um, you know, identify a problem and uh, come with the right expertise and see how we can all work together. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm hoping that uh, as a lot of people hitting me up on Facebook that I've also enjoyed the conversation, and I think they would love to, you know, have an extensive, a more in-depth uh, discussion with regards to this whole issue. Um, there is no issues with uh, citizenship. The processes might be delayed. People should try to find the right information. I have um, had some misinformation when I was going to Ghana with a couple of my African-American friends who were asking me about free lands, that uh, this, they've heard that the government was giving, mm -hmm. handing out free right. lands to um, African-Americans that were coming back home. I didn't know much about that. So let's yeah. try to get the right information and, uh, you know, be able to, um, uh, you know, get get what we need out of this whole opportunity to return uh, to rightful citizens of the uh, of the continent and not just Ghana. But yeah, it's a you don't own the free land. Now, thanks, thank, Let me hold on, hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on. Um, thank you so much, Frank, for the perspective. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, Chief X needs to jump in, brother Pierre. I gotta let you go. We only got a few minutes left. Um, All right, you made you me want to have this continue this at some time in the future. Thanks for the opportunity, young man. You're doing a good job. All right, thanks a lot, King. Uh, Chief X, go ahead and jump in. We got about three minutes for the show over. Go ahead, King. Um. Yeah. So. You know, I I will be doing some business in Ghana um, once I get a good price. Um, um, overall, it was a good show and very enlightening. Um, um, you know, I think people should visit. I'm I'm actually um, thinking about maybe when I'm 62, uh, I'm getting some property there because I just like the, the scenery. I like the greenery. I like the bush. I just like living amongst that. And the people are carving out houses and building property, and um, and 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 living good. So I, I, you know, I would think about it. You know, when I turn sixty-two, I'm fifty now, and um, just a thought though. I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not sure, but I will be visiting again um, into this year, and um, you know. Oh wow! I'm Beautiful. Kinda... Yeah, great, great dialogue. So thank you, um, Chief X, as well um, for being on the show and giving your insight on your recent trip. Yeah, we don't. If, if you're a first-time listener, we don't do these shows to tell you how, you know, tell you what to think. Uh, our, our motto is "All I ask is that you think." So, you know, hopefully you heard some perspectives that you hadn't thought about, or maybe a little different than people. Who, I always say, quite often these discussions get reduced to very extremes, and people are arguing. Whereas the dialogue we had, I don't think there was, a, in a sense, a lot to argue about. We just got open to all the perspectives. Uh, Tamika, again, I just, you know, I think the world of you, and so I want to give you the floor to close us out because I, I hear so much passion in one, you doing the, the work and trying to make the effort to do business there. And, again, I just feel like you've been that voice to, to kind of get away from the typical dialogue that you may have about these conversations. So I want to leave you with, uh, in a sense, your, you let the final thoughts for this show. Thank you, Queen, for being on with us. Go ahead, Queen. Well, the, my final thoughts is always – honored and humbled to be amongst great minds uh, and have a great conversation about what needs to happen so we can build up our communities, connect back to our culture, and en enrich the continent. Uh, I think 
really all of the information that was shared and passed, you know, we have we have a right to what was lost, uh, and we have a right uh, to bring back the skills and resources. And you know, the 2020 is the year, and so I look forward to each of us thinking about it in some way, and at some point visiting and and, and bringing back the goodness that is Africa. Uh, thank you, Queen. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Money Motivation, as well as Square Business Entertainment. If you heard that little music cut we played earlier, that was Taylor Pace, um, Love, offering their music and sharing their music with them, sponsoring us. Um, see y'all next Saturday. Again, our motto is all I ask is that you think. Going to leave you with a few thoughts from Steve Harvey, who was speaking to some Africans while there um, before he came back. So there will be the thoughts for the end of the show. Thank y'all for listening again. Thank y'all for being on. All I ask is that you think. I've been around long enough. I was born in 1967. You have to identify us as African Americans. I've been through the whole gamut. You can't tell me nothing about this here. You know how hard we fought to identify with you? So we got to start embracing one another. We need to come here and feel you. We need to come here and embellish you. We need to come here and teach you what we learned. Now, America's a land of opportunity, if you want it, but it has its problems for us. When we get pulled over by the police, we can get killed. Slavery over, apartheid over, the residue is still there. We go into a store with a hoodie on, we walk down the street with a hoodie on, Trayvon Martin, they kill us, they get off, they go home. The man selling cigarettes in New York, police chokes him to death, kills him, he go back to work. Philippe, up in Minnesota, stopped by the police on Facebook Live. Watch him shoot the black man. The girl said, why did you shoot him? He said, I don't know. He free. The police that beat Rodney King to death, to a pulp, they free. Huh? That's why we say, hold up. Mm-mm. African American. And as successful as I've been over there, as wonderful as I've created life for my family, I want nothing more than to come home. Nothing means more to me than to come home. You've been on my vision board for seven years. Africa has been on my vision board 